Welcome to another trip down the Bourbon Road with your hosts, Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. Hello, everybody. I'm Jim Shannon. And I'm Mike Hyatt. And this is the Bourbon Road. And today, Mike, we're finally coming through on a promise we made in the summer. Yeah, I think it was in spring, though. Was it in the spring? <laughs> I think we had an August 1st deadline for people getting their blends in. Yeah. For the blending challenge. I guess it was before, right before July. Yeah. We said almost had a month to get everything in. We thought about extending it a little bit. And uh, I think we did extend it about 15 days. I think we did. Um, and then we kind of hit some roadblocks. And uh, our special guest judge, she got a little sick on us. Um, Oops. <laughs> So, yeah, so the 2021 Bourbon Roadie Blending Challenge uh, is officially on. We've got 10 different pours that we're going to taste today. We're going to judge them. Um, but we did bring a special guest on today. We did. Uh, she, this is her third episode with us. She's just a regular. She's like that Saturday Night Life guest that has the title of um, been on the show the most. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I feel so, special. So, you know who we have on, Roadies. We have Ashley Barnes from the Spirits Group. I call her the witchy woman of whiskey. <laughs> She's got that magical touch. She can just wiggle her nose a little bit, and all of a sudden, it appears. Magical whiskey. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, I think so. I think that you know, one thing she has going for her is, uh, is a tremendous palate, and that's one of the reasons we brought her here today. Not only is she a... Uh, an often appearing guest of ours, but she's also got a tremendous palate, and this is what she does for a living. Yeah, yeah. So welcome back to the Bourbon Road. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you guys having this really cool contest and getting these really nice samples in and look forward to sampling and tasting and seeing what the roadies have. Yeah. But before we start, Jim, why don't you tell us what the prizes are for this? Because we do got two different prize sets, right? We got a name prize set, and then we got the grand champion, the the blending master. Even though we've got 10 samples here, we're not going to do like first, second, and third. There's just going to be one overall winner of the uh, of the tasting challenge part of this. And uh, the winner of that will get a Bourbon Road engraved barrel head to put on their home bar. Or whatever they like to do with it. Heck, I don't even have one of those. <laughs> uh, they'll also get a Bourbon Bullshitter t-shirt, a Bourbon Road t-shirt, a Bourbon Road hat, a Bourbon Road Glen Karen, and then to top all that off, there's going to be a couple of fine pours in there. What are they going to get? So they're going to get the old hoot that's your blend, and then they're going to get Big Chief's, I, I don't know what you'd call it, weeded magic out of my yeah. blend yeah. Uh, or my affinity bottle. Um, so you get a pour of each of those. It'll be four ounce pours because you know how I like to roll with that. The big, giant, big chief pours, right? That's so. right. Now, everybody had to name their bourbons. And we'll go over all the rules here in a minute. But everybody had to name their bourbons as well. We wanted that to be a pretty fun part of this. So yeah. um, the best name, regardless of it, how it scores in the tasting part of it, the best name is going to win as well. So, and that, and for that, the best name will get a Bourbon Road Glencairn, a Bourbon Road hat, and they will also get a sample of your blend and mine. Well, that's still magical right there. I think that's, we must have been drinking whenever we that's, come up with this idea. That's a lot of gimmick giveaways there. Yeah. 
man, I don't know. I don't have that much money in my pockets, <laughs> but we'll figure something out. Well, we'd like to get straight to the whiskey, but this time I think we do have to talk a little bit. So yeah. we need to talk about the fact that we've got these 10 bourbons. We've got five of them lined up for, for the, the first, first half. half. Yeah. We've got the other five lined up for the second half, and we're going to sort of taste our way through. The three of us have no idea anything about these bourbons except the name. That's pretty much it. Uh, your wife, Vivian, is the one that did, you know, messed with the envelopes and kept everything away from us. So yep. we really don't know. But just to go over the rules real quick, we want to make sure it was kind of a level playing field. So we basically said, first of all, you had to be a member of the Bourbon Roadies. And we kept the posts to the Bourbon Roadies, so they're the only ones that really knew about it, right? Well, they heard about an episode, but we said if yeah. you wanted to be part of this, you had to join the Bourbon Roadies. So, to be fair, everybody had an opportunity to, if they weren't on Facebook, make themselves a Facebook account, get in the Bourbon Roadies, and be part of us. If you're not a roadie, you can be one within a minute. Yeah. So, it's yeah. pretty easy to do. And we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Uh, but also, the blend had to fall in the proof range between... 95 and 105 proof. And we kind of explained in the blog post how people can do that, how they can keep track of their proof to the best of their ability. They had to send in two two-ounce sample bottles or one four-ounce sample. Yep. They needed to have enough material to do the, the testing. And the blend had to be a, mi a mixture of at least three bourbons. So... Um, you couldn't have a rye in there. You can't have American whiskey in there. And you needed to have at least three components. And we kind of talked about that in the show, why to have three, you know, something to form your base, something to take it in a, in a direction that you are kind of wanting to go, and then something to sort of round it off or balance it. So rather than just taking two bourbons and putting them together, it gives them a chance to try three. You had to name your blend something creative, something that uh, is fun or witty or uh, maybe describe your blend or your attitude or, or whatever. And uh, you had to tell us the recipe. But the the blend itself, the recipe, the proof, uh, all the details of, of who these bourbons belong to are all in those sealed envelopes. And we're not going to know until at the end of our taste. So this really is a blind challenge. Best way to do it. Well, I'm pretty excited about this. I'm excited about just uh, getting to taste some of these. I think we're going to have something special here. We might have the next great blend. And these and the and the recipes of all of these are gonna get published, right? Yeah. I'll uh we'll we'll put all the names on there, um, all the recipes and in this blog right here. We'll try to put all that in one um, blog for everybody to read and you know, we'll put the grand champion or winner down. Um that's what we do. Ashley, why don't you remind our listeners before we start this? Um your background in bourbon, kind of where you came from and where you're at today. Sure. So I started my bourbon career at Buffalo Trace. And there I learned I had a very unique palate and started really honing in um, how I tasted, what I tasted. And I started learning blending um, from Drew there at Buffalo Trace and worked with Harlan, of course, and Chris Fletcher, who's now at Jack Daniels. So some pretty, pretty heavy hitters. I learned a lot from them. Left there and went to Four Roses where I got to work with Jim Relich and Brent and Al and I learned even more. So I, I've blended a little bit of bourbon. 
Um, but I left Four Roses, started the spirits group with uh, a good friend and my business partner, Monica Wolf. And we have been working in the craft space for since 2018 now. So going on four years, getting close anyways. So now I work with several brands and I blend and create whiskey and bourbon and help them manage their quality and their inventory. Um, and it's just awesome. I, I have several clients in the U.S. I have one in uh, Paris, France. I just blended a whiskey for the French palette, which was a pretty cool little project. Um, went in some pretty big awards with that as well. And our, our domestic guys are doing the same thing. And you know, we're really proud of all of our clients. They're, they're awesome. Well, we know some of your bourbons. We've got <laughs> to definitely taste them. Uh, Lucky Seven. Um, yeah. One of the ones that I love the most was the holiday toast is absolutely delicious, right? Um, our good friends down at Leapers Fork, you're you're working with them. Mm -hmm. um, they've got something magical going on there. A small little distillery that's still trying to get off the ground, right? Um, and into different states, but still some magical stuff. And then you got Davidson's Reserve. Yes, I do. Yeah. That's, that's name three of them. Yep, that's and those are three really awesome ones, and you know they're all doing really great things, um, uniquely different, which is what I love. Everybody has their own little thing. Everybody's doing something different, so you know th there's just a lot of variety. Every day is something different, and usually every couple of hours is a is something different for me. So I get to taste a lot of whiskey. I get to taste a lot of different things, and then I get to blend with all those different things. So yeah. It's kind awesome. of interesting, you know, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit, you think about like record producers, right? You go into their office and they've got these platinum and gold records on the wall, but they didn't actually sing those or play those albums. They were just the ones that produced it, right? Yeah. And this is kind of the same thing in a way, you know, her her clients are these are the musicians in this case. They're the ones creating the, the music, creating the bourbon, and then she's the producer. You're coming in there and you're helping guide them to a, to a successful blend. Yeah, kind of the same. Um, I like to think of it. That's a really good analogy, actually. I think it was like an artist with different paints in a palette. And, you know, your, your different whiskeys and things are the different paints. But you're, you're right. The distilleries are producing them. And then, like Lucky 7, they're not a distillery. So we also broker bulk sale of whiskey. So going out and finding the whiskey and being able to broker that sale and then also be able to blend it. So, yeah, very much a producer. You're kind of living the dream. I've been a bunch of our listeners are thinking right now, how do I get to do that? Study hard sciences. Um, don't shy away from chemistry and biology. Yeah. And, and submit your samples to the Bourbon Road Blending Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, heck, let's get started. The first one we have is Cedric's Reserve. This guy or gal, I'm, I'm just thinking that Cedric is a guy. Um, he actually made his own little uh, label up here. I don't know if Cedric is his dog or not, but he's got a dog on his label. Cool little label and stuff. Um, went that extra mile for us, I think. You but, don't get any extra points for that, but we will mention it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no extra <laughs> points for the dog on the label. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's begin. While we're doing this, I, we use the American uh, Bourbon Association's tasting notes, uh, their sheet, and that's kind of how we're scoring it. Now, Ashley over here, 
I don't even know what she, she made up her own list and she's, she's going town on it. Um, me and Jim ain't that sophisticated. <laughs> I, I do this a little often. <laughs> yeah, you do it for a living. Me and Jim are just two bourbon bullshitters. Yeah, I have a system. So I'm going to share it with you guys because this, I found it and I've done it with clients too. And it seems to really help think about things when you're, when you're tasting, especially if you're tasting several things. I'll take and I'll write the name, the proof, any any pertinent information. But then beside that, I'll make a list for nose, palate, finish, and then comments. So I kind of break it down into those little areas. And anything in those <coughs> categories that I feel are pertinent or, you know, this is really smooth on the palate, but maybe it dissipates on the finish or anything of that kind of nature. That's how I break it down. And the comments, of course, are just things that kind of fall outside of those, but it definitely helps, especially when you're blending, because you want to look at the, anything you're going to blend with in the capacity of how is this going to work in a blend? Is it going to dissipate completely? Or is this so complete that it's just going to fall apart when I start putting things together? Ashley, how many uh, different, um, Bourbons do you blend a day? It, it really depends. So this time last year, and I because I'm in the middle of it, I don't have a whole number for this year. But this time last year, I had about a two or three week period where I blended 15 different expressions. And I swore I would never do that again. It was a marathon. So I'm not doing that many this year, but... In a given day, um, probably two, three on a on a really busy day. And I try, if I'm going to do three, it's going to be three of the same brand and just different expressions within that brand. But when I'm looking at samples, I can go up, well, pre-sick pre Ashley um, from a few weeks ago, I could do up to about 60 in a day pretty comfortably in an AR day. Um, 60 samples. I was like 60 different whiskeys. Wow. Well, 60 different barrels. 60 barrels. Mm -hmm. I'll be stumbling <laughs> at the end of the day, Jim. <laughs> there, there is a way to taste that you're just, you're good. Yeah. I learned at Buffalo Trace when I was there um, how to take, and they came in to do a random drug test, which meant, you know, breathalyzer and everything. And I was like, well, I just finished tasting both of these big tables. Like, I don't think I'll pass the breathalyzer. Like I'm not. And um, like, Oh, you're fine. And sure enough, I was very fortunate to have already learned how to taste without consuming too much. And I, I passed the breathalyzer. I don't know if I could do this for a living. I'm honest to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, Cause then I start nosing these across the board and I'm thinking, um, man, it, it, it's hard to pick out notes like that. One or two whiskeys is not bad for me, but if I had to do 60. <laughs> it really, it isn't for everybody. And you really have to have a, a genetic predisposition to it. And I think you can learn a lot. You can do a lot and study, but there, there has to be a little more to it. Um, because you do, it, you know, that 60th sample, it's it's a little, it's a lot harder. And it took me a long time 
to be able to look at that many samples and be able to treat that 60th sample the same as that first sample. Now, is that hard to do because that first sample kind of, uh, do you start with a with your first sample as your first drink of the day or do you have like a warm up bourbon? No, it's usually my first sample of the day. Do you notice that that first sip is, do you kind of throw it away? We've heard that before. Kind of throw mm -hmm. that first sip away and of the day. Yeah, I've heard that, but I, I don't. I really, if I have any kind of distillate samples, I will do those first. Or if I'm working on anything lighter, um, kind of as a, on a side thing, I don't do it as frequently, but I'll work on some other products like a flavored product or something. Sometimes I'll start with those types of things. And then if I do like a flavored thing, then I will pour a drink of... Um, there is a couple single barrels that as I pick them, I set them aside. I'm like, those are mine. Don't touch them. Um, and so I might try to do one of those as, as a throwaway, you could say. But if I'm just doing whiskey, I just get straight into it. So usually start, which is much later these days, but about 8.30 in the morning after I drop Clay off at school. Now, one of these right here were nose on so far for me has a super beautiful nose on it i i hate to say that but it's is it that one it's magical oh uh, no it's a very weedy nose yeah uh, that, that <laughs> i would was be, thinking that i was like both of those are pretty weedy and i was like you're gonna like those yeah anything that's got that weeded smell to me some people well i think that's a little off-putting but to me um they smell like a bourbon so, so let's go back to the, the, the panel here. We've, we've, we've gone through and we've nosed all five of our starting bourbons here to sort of set the groundwork, right? Sort of mm -hmm. set the base for it. Not to allow the palate to interfere with our nosing. Mm -hmm. So we're learning something today, Mike, because we just, we just ramrod right through it, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a process. And everybody's process is different, but this is kind of the the general is to nose first to allow allow you to to nose it without any interference of the palate. Well, I didn't know we were going to get a class today, but this is this is wonderful for yeah. us. So I guess as we start to talk about these bourbons now, we do have the opportunity to influence each other a little bit because we're going to be talking about our individual takes on these bourbons, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think we're all grown ups here. We know how to make our own mind up. So, what do you say we begin with uh, Cedric's Reserve? Reserve, yeah. Cedric's Reserve. What did you get, Ashley? We'll let you uh, lead us off with each, each bourbon first on your, your notes. Sure. I got a lot of sweet caramel that comes forward, like fresh, freshly made caramel. Um, and what I call a sweet herbal. So, it's got the herbal notes, but it's not the earthy herbal. It's more of a sweet, um, slightly medicinal and dried apricot and, and that oak spice. Little, little eugenol coming in there. So it's a really nice balanced nose. Um, I'm looking forward to tasting it, see if that palate can back it up because it's gonna be a pretty pretty good competitor here if, it, if that palate can back up that nose. Mike? So I got uh, hints of tobacco, some dark chocolate, like a baking chocolate on it, um, dark cherries, um, I keep saying dark, dark roses, <laughs> oak and vanilla on this, which to me, some of those characteristics of a um, weeded bourbon. Very rich. I couldn't, I could be wrong though. Could be wrong. 
And I got uh, I got light sweet fruit. Uh, I said maybe cooked, like cooked a little bit, not so much like fresh, but more cooked. You said apricot. I thought maybe a stone fruit. I don't know. Uh, I always have a hard time determining exactly which one. Uh, but I did pick up a little bit of leather on the nose. Maybe that's from the oak, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're uh, saying cooked fruit, you mean like you took some blackberries and you're reducing them down for jelly? Like stewed or compote, right? I don't know why when you say stewed, it just sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> stewed fruit. Stewed fruit. Yes, because you think of stewed prunes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> I would think rendered down for jelly is better. They call, yeah. it, they call it a compote, right? Compote. compote. I use okay. compote a lot in my notes. Okay. I think of stewed tomatoes every time he says that. <laughs> I'm like, why would you say stewed? <laughs> So next up, we got the fat cat. Ashley, what'd you get from that? Floral, super floral on the nose. Maybe a little magnolia, soft, earthy. This one's a little more of the earthy herbal, a little more rice spice coming through. And lighter. It's not quite as rich as the first one. I did uh, get light and airy with fresh fruit, um, mainly grapes and um, fresh peaches on this right here. Um, that lightness on there, but to me, it was a lot lighter. Not a whole lot of oak in there, not any tobacco or anything. No, I didn't even get the spice on this one. Um, that's what I got on Jim. Yeah, so I got I got kind of got kind of a light cherry on it for me. Um, uh, caramel, obviously, but uh, I felt like uh, it, compared to the first one, it was a little bit uh, a little bit lighter, a little bit fresher, maybe. Next up, Ashley, we got the Rhodey Reserve here. What'd you get? Soft, sweet spice. So think cinnamon, sugar, little clove, nutmeg in there. New leather and an oaky coconut. An oaky coconut. Oaky coconut. All right. Coconut from the oak is, is a little different than fresh coconut. Yeah, yeah. I got light oak. I got apple butter for on this for some reason. Oh, yeah. Apple butter. Um, a little bit of sweet gum on this for some reason, like that you smell that big lead gum when you open up the pouch. Uh, I got that on there. Yeah, on this one I did get a sweet caramel, but I got kind of a green note to it. Just it was it was a little light, but um, I don't know how to explain it. But maybe um, I don't know if it's a grassy note or not, but sort of uh, fresh, but fresh earthy note maybe, fresh green mm-hmm. note. That fresh cut grass, you know, yes, I actually love that smell when you, you know, it's springtime and you get that first cutting mm-hmm. and you get that whiff in the air of that fresh cut grass. It smells pretty beautiful. Some mm-hmm. people not might not like it. I actually dread that moment that I have to start cutting grass, but, um, and then I'm praying for the grass to start not being able to grow anymore. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and, we're, and, we're there, and we're there. We're almost there. We're there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank goodness. So the uh, fourth pour we got here is Buffalo Vegas. What'd you get, Ashley? It's very soft, uh, kind of sweet banana notes coming through. Kind of like a banana's foster. Some herbally light oak. I got a can peaches like my grandma would make when you open that jar and you smell that syrup on there kind of i don't know how she made that syrup probably with a lot of sugar Uh, yes either she was making mash down in the basement or she's making a lot of peaches because she always had like 
20 pounds of sugar laying around. <laughs> um, oak, vanilla, and some white chocolate on this. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was soft, buttery, sugary. Um, I said a fig, but I think I carried that fig in my brain from, that, from your charcuterie <laughs> board in here. But uh, yeah, it was very soft, I thought. I felt it was like very soft. It had a kind of a, kind of a buttery, sugary butter flavor to it. I mean, if you were to take figs and sort of mix them with maybe hot butter and... I was waiting for you to say, stew some figs. Up. Stew some figs. <laughs> <laughs> but your figs were a little spicy, and I don't think this was too spicy. Yeah, those are uh, turkey figs, is what they're called. Turkey fig, brown turkey figs. Um, I kind of like those. Yeah. I was actually looking for white figs today, is what I was searching for. You can't find them right now. Um, super beautiful fig. If you're a fig eater, if you've never had uh, dried figs, you should go out there and check them out. Uh, so our fifth bourbon for this first half is Questionable Intentions. Ashley, what'd you get on that one? Buttery toffee, dried gala apples. They're very sweet. Sweet and sweet and buttery. I got uh, nectarines on this one. Um, like dried nectarines, Little I guess. citrus. Yeah. And then I got... Uh, some fig on this one. Maybe it was because we did eat some figs. But no, I, <laughs> I can see fig in it. I did get like that uh, fig Newton, you know, where that still has that little bread around it, whatever that fig Newton cookie's made out of. And then I got some cereal, which was probably what I was talking about, that cookie around there. And then I got white chocolate again on this. Uh, I'm thinking about white chocolate on my mind, maybe. <laughs> um, but that's what I got. Uh, for me, I got light, buttery, um, Kind of gingerbread cookies, a little bit gingerbread. Yeah, just but but light on the ginger, very light on the ginger, but just a hint of it there. Hmm. You know what I like that we're all talking about these notes, right? And there's not a whole lot of notes that either three of us have discussed from a tasting wheel. Our notes are all not spot on with each other, but we've brought up from our own memory senses, right? Mm -hmm. Where. Um, you know, you go from the tasting wheel, you just stay stay around that wheel and never break from it. I've never done that. Do you find that in some ju judging, though? The ones I've been at, no, I think everybody, I mean, there is a tasting wheel usually, like, to refresh your memory if you need some notes. Or um, some of them will actually have refresher courses where we'll sample and smell some spike samples of, like, flaws. Um but usually the ones I'm at, the, the judges are kind of like me, and they do this pretty regular and, and don't stick to a wheel. Yeah. But I can absolutely see that in tastings I've conducted where there's a wheel. Yeah. Then that's where people want to try, try and say, like, okay, I'm just going to stay with these. But there's so many other things that you can do. Yeah. You know, every day we don't only see a, a fresh fig. We might see a dried fig. We might see a stewed Freak, fig. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was younger, I made a, um, it was like a croissant type thing that I folded over and braided, but I used fig to make the compote for the middle. And I was like, maybe middle school or something. I entered it in the state fair. But when I think of figs and dried figs, and it's like, like I remember those smells. So that's not going to be on any tasting wheel. <laughs> no. Well, I don't think you're going to find big league chewing gum or stewed fruits on a tasting wheel. You should, though. Or, or uh, Pop Rocks. Pop Rocks. Uh, I could name them. Necco candies. Four hound candies. 
I Horton is actually a pretty common. That's a good one for whiskeys. Yeah. I did. Um, I was tasting some malt whiskeys and I grew up in, in Casey County. And we've got a very large Mennonite community and we always had sorghum molasses from the community down there. We'd go down there and get them every year. And my grandpa would, he mixed it with butter and he would sit there and he would mix and mix and mix until it was like the perfect consistency. And I never knew what it was because after I thought it was mixed, he just kept doing it. And then he put it on butter and the smell of it. And I keep it at the house. I make barbecue sauce and stuff with it. But sorghum molasses, I was, you know, this tastes like sorghum. It's even got the little bitter hint mm-hmm. at the end. And I was talking to a client in the Pacific Northwest and they're like, what's that? And I'm like, you don't know what sorghum molasses are? And they're like, no. So I, I sent them a bottle. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's everybody's going to have something different. And the different geographic locations are going to have their own unique wheel of big, big league true. And yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get to tasting these things. Um, we'll taste all five of them and then we'll talk about our tasting and finish notes. Okay. Now, listeners, we're uh, actually taking and using cucumbers that Ashley told us about mm-hmm. to kind of cleanse our palates between it is light and freshing and it kind of does, it, it does clean a palate, just like you said. Yeah, it's kind of, um, it's unique and, and some people might not be able to it. That flavor of the cucumber might stick with them longer. But what I found, I kind of did a health journey early on this year that I was consuming a lot of crackers and a lot of almonds and that's a lot of extra calories. So... I was working with a nutritionist and he was like, we're going to find something else that you can have that you can have an unlimited amount of without, you know, messing with your calories. And, and these worked really well and they're super hydrating too, which helps when you're tasting a lot of whiskey. Now, Ashley, do you ever feel like you get a palate fatigue when you're like you said, drinking 60 different barrels? I can imagine some some fatigue will set in at the end of that, especially if you're drinking something super spicy. Oh, absolutely. Or if I'm doing like a, a bunch of malt that's really heavy and fusely and oily or fatty. And like you mentioned, I, I was sick a few weeks ago and just being off for about three weeks, not tasting. I went from about 60 a day to I'm, I'm maxing out at 40 until I get built back up. Because you think it's kind of like an athlete, you know, a professional athlete. I'm constantly training and retraining and and trying to keep my palate in shape to be able to do what I do every day. And uh, I'll take breaks. I'll take palate breaks and do, you know, maybe work on some emails or go through some inventories or something. But Have a phone call, Big Chief. Yeah, I've done that too. Yeah, it always helps because then, you you know, it gives you a chance to refresh or I'm fortunate to get to work from home a lot. Now, Ashley, you got any bourbons that are coming up that you can tell us about? Any special uh, blends you're working on? I'm currently working on the Genesis blend for Davidson Reserve. Oh, yeah. October 17th is our is Pennington Distillery's uh, whiskey birthday. So on 1017, we release 1,017 bottles of Genesis every year. And it started off as the very first barrels that they ever distilled. And it's their Tennessee whiskey mash bill without the, ten- the Lincoln County process. So it's basically a rye bourbon. And uh, 
So that's kind of evolved. We're starting to run out of that original lot. And so I'm getting to play with some new stuff this year. Um, really excited about it. I've actually got blends sitting. I did a couple more this morning and uh, we'll hopefully pick one of those tomorrow morning. So that's exciting. I always love uh, Hardest Harvest is what they call it. And they have a big celebration. We're looking forward to last year was our like five year anniversary, I think. And of course, we didn't get to have it due to COVID. So I'm really looking forward to Hardest Harvest this year. And uh, that one's going on. Um, what else can I talk about? Well, we don't want to pressure you. <laughs> well, Lincoln. <laughs> Let's get you to talk about this Cedric Reserve. What'd you get on the taste and finish on this one? So Cedric's, it let me down. It, it, it let me down. Um, it was really disjointed. It had such a bold, beautiful nose, really rich that, you know, the palate just didn't back it up. And uh, it what it's not that it's not nice. It is a nice, it's a nice solid pour. Um, I would have liked to see a little more balance in that palate and finish. Uh, I had some soft fruit and spice on the palate, but the palate was really short. It just was, was not really long lived. Um, spicy dried berries on the linger with a hint of a sting, which to me is, is pretty off putting. If you're blending it, you, ought, you shouldn't have any kind of a little sting. Yeah, I got, uh, it, I almost with you on that. It was a total letdown for me because that, palette or the nose on that was just so beautiful and then i got to the palette and i'm like wow uh something happened here um, but i did get a something bitter in there sugary bitterness spice and i was trying to think if there was a bitter candy out there that i had happened for maybe some unripened green apple fruit that i had on that um the bitterness was just almost overwhelming for me and stuff so yeah. that's what i got uh short finish um or just uh, that light kentucky hug what you think, Jim? Yeah, so I got, uh, it was kind of dry for me. It had that leather. Uh, it did have kind of a, you said a sting. I, I felt like it was a little bit of a you know, disconnected pepper at the end. I don't know, this didn't flow with the rest of it. Um, I had I had a medium finish on it, but a light medium finish. Um, I think probably for me, uh, I felt kind of evenly between the nose and the palate, even though they weren't similar. I kind of scored them very similarly. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I would say that uh, for the most part, you're looking for that that story between the, the nose and the palate that kind of brings the two together and says, what a match. And it just didn't happen in this case. So. And I think this is this is a good time to point out when you're when you're blending things at home, if you're starting with blends that someone else has already done, you don't know what's in that blend. You don't know if they've blended it to work out some kinks in some of those barrels that by adding that to something else you've got, you've now highlighted that maybe that's what that little sting, that little bitterness you're tasting, you know, you really start playing with fire when you start blending other people, other blends. So one of my biggest um, suggestions, if you want to start blending at home is to collect single barrels and start playing with those. That way you know what you're working with. Um, not to say you can't blend with, say, a Buffalo Trace or a Wild Turkey or Four Roses, but, you know, there's a lot more going on there. And, you know, you get too many Chiefs and not enough Indians if you're not yeah. careful. Yeah. Yeah, we only need one Chief. <laughs> <laughs> one big Chief. So what you get on the Fat Cat? So the Fat Cat, uh, I liked it pretty well. It was really uh, floral on the, on the palate. 
and it was short, but it had some fresh mint and some sweet herbal notes I liked. Um, it was very light all the way through, more balanced. Um, so yeah, it was a little more herbally and earthy than 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 obviously the first one, but. This is the one that it just totally shocked me from the nose to, to this. Um, I got sweet kettle corn, caramel corn on this one. Um, I got that big league chewing gum, you know, when you start chewing on it again. It just to me, it was great. I wrote it had a long buttery finish on it, and I wrote, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you just follow, find a good bourbon that you really like uh, for your palate. Um mm-hmm. You know, everybody's got a different palate. All three of us have a different palate, right? Absolutely. Um, so we're all going to find something different. What'd you get, Jim? Well, I got kind of a cherry pear mixture there for me. Um, it, I thought it was a little bit waxy. Kind of had a little bit, you know, and it also came across a little bit like it had a little bit of barley in it. You know, I was almost thinking scotchy when I was tasting it, but hey, that's just me. Um, I did did get a bit of sassafras. Maybe that's that... Uh, Mm-hmm. So spicing this there, I don't yeah. know. And on the finish, I thought it was a medium finish. I got I put oak and root beer, but they're sassafras, whatever you want to call it, kind of on the end. Yeah. Uh, I like this one actually. I thought it was pretty uh, pretty tasty. I don't know about you. I put a star besides. <laughs> well, I rated them, and this one was actually my number two. So wow. Uh-huh. What about the Rody Reserve? Rody Reserve was very. It's kind of tannic. It was pretty oaky and got dark cherry, um, dark chocolate, bitter, bitter notes on it for me. So it, it I wanted to see it a little smoother. Yeah, I, I got you there with that oak, um, oak and heavy, like baking vanilla, you know, the real vanilla like you'd pick up in Mexico and bring home with you. Uh, some nutmeg, uh, some cinnamon spice. It was to me, this was super spicy. Uh, I thought this might have a lot of rye in it. I could be wrong, but um, I had a medium uh, finish on it, and but I didn't get that hug. So I was wondering if this were some sweet mashes. Yeah, for me, uh, I was trying to identify that sort of that green note that I picked up on the nose to see if I could kind of kind of zero in on a little bit on the palate. I'm not sure if maybe the 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 cucumber kind of maybe messed my mind up a little bit because I'd never done that before, right? Sure. But I'm ser- I'm sitting here searching for this and trying to figure it out. And the only thing I could come up with was uh, wasabi seaweed, kind of a, a, you know, kind of a green but spicy mixture there. But that that kind of, I don't know, I had that kind of a seaweed. I don't know, is it nigiri seaweed? They call that nigiri? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I love that. You yeah. know me, Jim, I love that seaweed. Not, not in a bad way. Um, for me, it wasn't. This wouldn't be my top pick, um, but I did think I did think it was a little interesting. It was just a little, I don't know, probably by surprise. Okay, we got the Buffalo Vegas. I thought this was creamy and sweet, very herbal, grassy. Just you talk about that fresh cut grass, kind of alfalfa um, notes, but it also had quite a bit of cinnamon and spice. I had another burn on this one that just the sting was very off putting for me. Yeah, I think some people that would be, you get too much burn or spice on. Some people like that. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked to somebody last night and she just got love Stag Junior because it's so spicy. And I was thinking, well, some people don't like that, right? Yeah, um, my dad likes that. He's like, if it doesn't burn, I don't like it. I'm like, you're crazy. And you won't <laughs> like anything I do. Uh, I got uh, almond and 
I got creamy peanut butter on this. That would be the creaminess, maybe. Um, I got a lot of oak in this one, and uh, it was kind of corn caramel for me. Um, it was medium, but it had that deep Kentucky hug that we were always looking for. You know, uh, I would expect that this is a sour mash. Yeah, for me on this one, this was my uh, my number two pick. Actually, uh, I liked it. Uh, it was a little um, a little different. Um, I thought it was buttery. Buttery. I did. Those figs for me did carry over into the palate, but on the finish, it kind of rested as like a, I wrote like oak and white pepper, but then I put in my nose I put hot butterscotch, but not temperature hot, like spicy hot butterscotch. So, oh. um, yeah, maybe white pepper and butterscotch kind of mixed together. Mixed together. Yeah. <laughs> Our last one we have questionable intentions. So this one was actually my my top pick for this this round. This butter toffee on the nose, but the creamy sweet white chocolate, almost like a, a yogurt covered raisin. That vanilla and raisiny with toasted pecans and caramel in the finish was very silky. Uh, it was short, which is abnormal for me. I really usually like that long finish, um, but I did really like this one. I got the uh, vanilla with cloves. Um I had some mintiness on there for some reason. I don't mm -hmm. know if that was that spice, uh, you know, sweet spice I was looking at, light oak. Um, the finish, though, was kind of let down for me. It was medium with just a slight hug on there. I thought it would have more of a finish to it, but it just, just didn't hold up. Yeah, this one this one didn't surprise me too much. It didn't, like, jut out in one, in one area too much. I felt like um, it had a hit of bitterness on it. Uh, just a little bit, uh, but the, it was kind of like what you would get from uh, like a walnut shell, maybe mm. like it, it, you know when you get that shell, that piece of that shell, it's got that little bitterness to it. A little bit of tobacco and leather, but um, overall for me, uh, not a not a bad bourbon, but certainly not my my top pick. Yeah, it's it's solid. And I think that's it surprised me because it was solid and it was short on the finish, but I liked it. Like it added up the nose, the palate, the finish. It was all a complete. Uh, so looking from a from a blending perspective. Sure, sure, and that's what we're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. I was very impressed. Well, that's the first half. Uh, you know, listeners, stick with us. We know this is going to be a lengthy uh, episode, right? Um, but stick with us. We'll get to the other five bourbons that entered our twenty twenty one the Bourbon Roadies Blending Challenge. Um, we got Ashley with us here at the at Jeff the Ben Farm. Her husband and her uh, her boy Clay. <laughs> I think he's trolloping through the uh, trolloping. Can you say trolloping for a boy? Trudging, trudging through the trolloping, trudging, rolling. Um, <laughs> yeah, rolling through the creek. You hope he's probably not, but I brought extra clothes. <laughs> like I, I'm prepared. All right. Well, listen, stay with us. We'll be right back. All right, listeners, well, we are back, and this is the the Bourbon Road 2021 Blending Challenge. Uh, and we've got 10 samples that have been submitted by our roadies. In the first half, we worked our way through the first five samples. Yeah. And I must say, overall, pretty impressed. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. I think they, they brought did. their A game. They did. They did. We got five more in this one, and I'm telling you already, I'm seeing at least one. Pretty darn dark. 
There's a dark one. There's definitely a dark one here. Maybe a, a ringer. Who knows? Um, listeners, I'll remind you that we did bring in a special judge. She is a master blender. Uh, she's worked at some pretty heavy hitter distilleries, and she's putting magic in bottles today. She is the witchy woman of bourbon, Ashley Barnes, a Kentucky native woman. Um, Ashley, what would you think about the first half so far? Man, I'm impressed. Um, the roadies brought their A game for sure. And there's some really nice blends in there. So I'm I'm really excited to see, you know, what what the second half has to offer. So what were the names of the bourbons in the first half? So the first half we had Cedric's Reserve with this nice label, the Fat Cat Rody Reserve. Somebody went went some links to figure that one out right there. Buffalo Vegas. And questionable intentions. All good names. All great names. Yeah. Yeah. Then the uh, second half here, we have five more samples. Yeah. And uh, the first one is called Firehouse Reserve. Yep. The second one is Weeders Breakfast of Champions. And I'm wondering what's in that one. I'm just wondering <laughs> if I'm going to like that one or not. Uh, the third one is called Dust in the Blend. I like that name. Yeah, it's pretty cool. No, that's a that's a Kansas song, right? Dust dust in the wind. Yeah. Could you sing that, Jim? I can't. What is even it? if I could, I wouldn't. You wouldn't? Could you sing it, Ashley? You know the words to it? I know the words, but I can't sing it. You can't sing no. with that deep twang and Kentucky twang. <laughs> yeah, it it wouldn't sound right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth one is just called Nips. N I P S. And the Fifth one is the Kings. The Kings. I don't know what that means. Does that mean he took like three big giant bourbons, the Kings of bourbon, and blended them? Could be. Huh. I'm curious. Do you think in those little magic envelopes that none of us have seen, um, if there's like a little story? That would like, be pretty cool. It would be like Firehouse Reserve. Like, you know, if that was a collective of of a firehouse somewhere or something. You know, they all yeah. went in and helped create this blend. Oh, that'd be great. Love I love the stories. Yeah. Well, the story is what makes it, you know? All right. Well, this is, uh, this is all about these five and, and we're going to come, uh, we're going to go ahead and nose these and uh, put our thoughts together and score the nose. And then we'll talk a little bit about them and then we'll go back and taste them. Well, right. Let's do it. Let's nose these things. Now, Ashley, you're uh, you're married to a uh, bull rider, right? A retired. That may not wife made him retire, but yes. You made him retire. Or he he come to his senses. No, I made him retire, and the week after he officially retired, we found out we were expecting. You know, said so. If you weren't already retired, you were done then. Um, but he he rode for seventeen years, and that is a very long. And, and a wonderful career. And I was getting too old to be sitting there with the young girlfriends. And I felt like a mom to everybody. And, <laughs> you know, you don't bounce as good when you start getting in your 30s. No, you sure don't. Yeah, it's always interesting when, you know, people meet us and they ask, what he does for a living, what I do for a living, they're like, wait a minute, you're 
you're a master blender, you make whiskey, and he's a retired bull rider. Like, we got to know more about this story. <laughs> well, bourbon and bull riding go together, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely have had some adventures. I'm thankful to not go to the right. I used to enjoy bull riding. Um, I don't enjoy it quite as much anymore, but thankful I'm not going watching him ride um, as anymore. Third, we do now, he does the golf of rodeo, as he calls it. He, he's a team roper. <clears throat> Those are fun. They're really long, but... I'm, I'm much happier with team roping than, than bull riding. I've been known to ride a bull back in my day, like a long time ago. That might have been 34 years ago, somewhere in there. But every time me and Jim start drinking bourbon together, <laughs> I got this hankering to climb on a buffalo and ride it. Well, don't tell James because he'll make it happen. Does he got a buffalo? He, I'm sure, knows someone, and he's notorious when he starts drinking with anyone. Anyone, I bring him around. When they start drinking, he, he's, I'll make a phone call. We'll get you on bulls tomorrow. Not a bull. It's got to be a buffalo, and it's got to be tame. <laughs> he can't be bucking you off. Right? Well, he could probably find a buffalo, and I don't know if it'd be tame, but... He, he tends to always joke. He can pull stuff out of his tail. I'm like, where did you come up with this? All right, uh, listeners. We So we're going to go ahead and go through our uh, nose of these or aroma of what each of us got on these, uh, these five bourbons. The first one we had was uh, the number six for me was the Firehouse Reserve. Yeah, we, so... I got some really rich notes, just super syrupy and cherry, sweet spice, bold leather, um, kind of almost a little malty on that one. Yeah, this is, had a fantastic nose to me. Good Lord. I, it's dark, too. It's super yeah, dark. It is dark. I got, uh, you ever had, smelled some good rose potpourri uh, back in the day, I, I think the 80s, early 90s? A lot of people would have potpourri in their houses and stuff. I got that hot honey butter, mm -hmm. um, oak, leather, and tobacco. Um, this is a rich, dark bourbon. Um, lovely nose on it. Yeah, so I got a, a rich, deep, dark, just kind of following the, following in tune here. Uh, caramel, a little bit of cocoa. thought it had kind of a little bit of a sweet nose, but at the same time, the oak was definitely present on it. So Yeah. So the, the second one we nosed was the Weeders Breakfast of Champions. What'd you get, Ashley? I got, this is a really nice um, light nose and morning glory, kind of a cherry raspberry compote type, type notes to it. Um, and dark caramel, not, not the light stuff, but a, a super dark caramel. Mm. I got light caramel, uh, honeysuckle, you know, that springtime honeysuckle is growing really good. And you got the little flowers on there. It smells mm -hmm. awesome on a road. Uh, light oak. And I got warm leather on this. Um, like a baseball glove or old pair of boots. Or maybe an old leather chair you sit in. All right. Well, I thought it was quite floral as well. Um, got a little bit of a buttery note there. Uh, salted caramel. A little bit of a sweet apple. So I kind of, I was thinking of salted caramel apples kind of. But the apple wasn't real strong on it, but it was definitely there for me. Um, 
The third one would be Dust in the Blend. Um, Ashley, what'd you get on this one? It's really sweet and herbal. I got some gardenia on there. It was a really nice floral uh, notes coming through there. Light caramel, nutmeg. I got a sticky rice sweetness. That's what I got. That's what I wrote down. Um, some citrus and a little bit of mint in there. Okay. Yeah, I got a light raisin plum kind of. It's a little bit spicy, but I put menthol. So light menthol yeah. kind of. I don't know if menthol is the right word, but it was kind of airy. You know, had that light freshness to well, it. I was trying to think of like a spearmint gum maybe. Yeah. Like a peppermint. Peppermint, peppermint has the peppermint cooling gum. effect. Yeah. 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 Uh, the fourth bourbon we nosed in the second half was Nips. What'd you get, Ashley? Get it. And it's funny, it's called nips because there's that toffee caramel candy called nips. And I totally got that on there. Um, I used to eat the tar out of them when I worked at CVS. And um, so I got toffee. It's really soft. But this one, though, it was super ethanol forward. So much so I had to kind of blow some of it off and uh, was very off-putting. I got a... Baked rye bread or maybe even pumpernickel bread on this one. A weird nose to me. And maybe it was that ethanol, but that pumpernickel to me was sticking out. Um, and a little bit of smokiness on there. I don't know. That's not campfire, but just a little bit of smokiness. I had some like toasted pecans. After I yes, did, did yes. the blow, I got a real strong toasted pecans. So I got, I wrote down off earthy. So I, at first I thought this is a little earthy for me, but then as I, yeah, but it's not. I mean, it's, it's something else, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it, so I just put off earthy. Um, I got kind of an alcohol vanilla or something there, some kind of a chemical. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't know how to identify it, but I, I did I did feel like it had a little bit of a buttery note there. That's diacetyl, right? Butter, yeah. Okay. Overly buttery. Yeah, a little bit of that. But, um, yeah, kind of a, a – if you take uh, – you take a vanilla extract and you open it up and you smell it. You don't just get vanilla. You get that, that alcohol. Like a cheap one? Yeah, the cheap one. You get that alcohol <laughs> in it too. Uh, not saying a bad thing about this. I'm sure. just saying that's what I got. So yeah. that's what it reminded me of. Next up and uh, the last one we have is the Kings. Ashley, what'd you get? I'm excited about this one. I, I'm, it's setting the bar pretty high on the nose. I got milk, chocolate, dried apricots, spiced pecans. You know those like... The cards with the German pecans that are all spiced and like yummy. I, I totally got that on this one. So it's really nice. Nice. I got a corn sweetness, a little bit of caramel on there, vanilla, and campfire s'mores. I got that <laughs> sweet smokiness off there. Like you'd cooked your s'more with a little chocolate in there, that marshmallow just oozing out, graham crackers. Man. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that this one's got, you know, how we talk sometimes about how some, how sometimes a, a, a younger bourbon will bring something to the table mm -hmm. in a blend, right? Or sometimes it'll bring something to the table that disappears later on in the barrel. And I felt like this had that youthful note, but in a good way. Nice. So maybe one of the components here is a younger bourbon. Um, I, I got coriander, a little bit of mint, um, a little bit of banana, too. I liked it. I, it wasn't over the top for me, but I thought it was refreshing. Um, very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll go in and taste these and uh, get a finish off these and we'll score them up. And then we'll, we'll uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take our top three out of the three of us and then we'll go back and retaste those. All right. Mm -hmm. 
So we got finished tasting these. Uh, so we got a taste and a finish on these. So we'll go ahead and go through all of them. Um, then we'll take a quick break. Um, we'll pick a top three. We'll retaste those, nose them, taste them, and pick the clear cut winner. All right. Um, so for the Firehouse Reserve, what'd you have, Ashley? This was nice. Um, it had a spicy, silky palate. and some leathery cherry syrup notes. Um, the leather lingered, but that big, bold notes. I really wanted more fruit on the palate. I wanted more fruit and depth on that to really match that nose. It's a big, beautiful, um, dark amber pour. And I feel like it should have had a little more substance on the palate, a little more oil, oily fattiness. I was lacking in that. Um, I got it on the nose, but just uh, I was missing it on the palate. I got sizzling camps fire s'mores uh, with a little bit of either bitter or drying. Uh, maybe it was a little tannic on the back end with just a little bit of heat. Um, medium with no hug for me, even though it had all that heat on the tongue, that spiciness. It just didn't come through with a hug for me. All right. So I got a, a, a kind of syrupy and spicy, a little bit of peppercorn, oak and leather. For me, I wanted more fruit too. This had kind of a little bit of a dried fruit to it, but not enough. I wanted more, um, but it was very, very pleasant on the palate. Um, the finish was also pleasant, rich and spicy. Um, I don't know if I'd call it lengthy, but it was a medium finish. Um, I, I like this bourbon. Next up is the Weeders Breakfast of Champions. This one was a nice herbal palate, kind of like a spiced, uh, spiced pear. Earthy alfalfa notes on the finish, sweet apples and pears. Overall, it was really nice. Uh, kind of a lighter, lighter bourbon and, and delicious. Fairly balanced. Well, once again, that honey butter showed up. I got honey buttered pancakes with rich maple syrup, a little bit of uh, leather and oak in there to finish it off. It had long uh, with a beautiful hug. Uh, this scored pretty high for me. I, I really liked it. No surprise there, right, Jim? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, it was buttery toast. Uh, I still got that salted caramel a little bit on the palate. Uh, made me think a little bit about apple butter. I kind of thought maybe this is this is kind of apple butter here. On the finish, uh, it was nice. It was not too long, but it was enjoyable. But it did have a pretty good hug. Next up, we had dust in the blend. <clears throat> thought this one was beautiful it was a nice balanced bourbon uh, it was creamy dried fruit spice on the palate kind of coriander sassafras and a fresh mint a nice uh, nice long linger a little bit of that dusty huskiness that carries through like you said hey i got a little bit of age on me but i really like the balance the nose the palate and the finish really all come together in this one on this one, I got sweet red velvet cake uh, with hints of spice and leather. Um, medium with a slow Kentucky hug, meaning it just kind of lingered down there. Um, it was a nice bourbon. Not my top one out of all these, but uh, it, was, it was a nice bourbon. Anything we've drank so far today has been pretty good. Yeah. This one scored real high for me. Um, I got kind of raisin toast with a little bit of persimmon jelly on it. Persimmon jam, I guess. A um, little mint, not too much. Uh, it had a nice medium palate. A little bit of peppermint. Very balanced and pleasant. Uh, overall, this was a this was a good bourbon, and it changed for me. I had to come back and revisit this one a couple times, so it kind of changed for me a little bit. Next up, we have Nips. 
Yep, so I'm, I'm kind of with Jen kind of on that last one. This one changed for me as I, as I came back through it and revisited it. You know, it was very ethanol for it on that first nose. But then it kind of came through and that toffee caramel note came through. Um, caramel coffee, like caramel macchiato, you know, creamer uh, kind of on the palate. Silky sweet, buttermint finish, you know, those old table mints. Wow. It was uh, overall quite nice. This was one to me that had the most spice to it. I just wrote spicy, spicy, spicy with those pop rocks, <laughs> oaky and leather. Um, this is the one I thought Jim would have liked the most. It had a long, uh, long finish with an amazing Kentucky hug on this one. I mean, it it, it sticks with you. Yeah, this one for me was unique. Um, it definitely stood out. It wasn't my favorite, but it, it, it did pretty well, I think. Um, one of the things I tasted in this was brought back a memory. I don't know. When I was a younger person, probably in my early teens, I used to go hunting in Kentucky with my grandfather. And um, they used to they used to make a, a maple jelly down there. And it was very careful. You had to be very careful making it because it was, I mean, typically it's poisonous unless you do it just right. But it has kind of a, an interesting bite in it, an earthy note and an interesting bite. It kind of reminded me of that. So on this one, I said, yeah, it was a little bit earthy and savory. Uh, it has still had that chemical note a little bit, but the second time through, most of that disappeared. There was still a little bit, uh, but um, it was, I, I said it had a medium finish. It was unique, a little drying. But overall, I think it was a pretty good bourbon. So we got the last one of the Kings. Um, what'd you get, Ashley? <clears throat> this was a really nice one as well. Uh, kind of a creamy spice on the palate. Buttermint, caramel, cinnamon, nutmegs, and toasted graham crackers, kind of that campfire s'mores thing going on. Uh, and it it very balanced. The nose, the palate, the finish worked well together. I felt like this was something that, you know, they complemented each other. They weren't identical, but they complemented really well. I said this is elegant with layers of caramel, um, sugar smack them cereals. Um, this thing to me was just, just so amazing. It just layer to layer gets so complex. Um, it was long with a rich, deep, uh, Kentucky hug. Uh, this just hit home for me as a, as the hashtag weedy king of Kentucky. Um, I'm hoping it's all weeders. Um, cause, cause, it, cause I, I loved it. Yeah. For me, this, uh, this was very spicy, uh, it was uh, had a lot of variety to it. So there were a lot of notes there that were difficult for me to pick out, but I could definitely discern the different notes. I just couldn't identify them. Uh, I, I wrote nice on here several times. I did get a little bit of leather and spice, but I basically said this thing brought the whole spice cabinet, kind of the baking spices all came to, came to the surface on this one for me. And it, it scored pretty well. I, this one had like that, like you said, that spicy there, that nutmeg, all those baking spices that mm -hmm. you want in your cabinet. It's all here in this bourbon right yep. here. Well, we'll come right back. We're gonna figure up our scores. Um, we'll taste the top three, and then we're gonna go ahead and announce the winner. Right. So we got our top three. Um, I'm not gonna put them in order or anything. I'm just gonna tell you what our top three were. Um, so we got the Fat Cat, we got dust in the blend, and then we got the kings. It's a pretty tight race, yeah, um, out of, amongst these ones. Um, so, 
Um, not there wasn't really a loser in any of those. No, I think they were all um, good pours. Yeah, and they all had varying. Uh, and and I must say that between us, the three of us, we didn't score them all the same. No. no. So we were all over the board, right? Yeah. Okay. So not not just with points, but also with tasting notes. So, you know, we each brought our own palates to the table. Ashley, I noticed, was a little harder on purpose than we are. Yeah. <laughs> she's, a, <laughs> she's a judge. She's a master blender. We're just kind of two guys just kicking it along down a bourbon road. So, um, but we're going to taste these three. Uh, we're going to come up with a definite winner and we'll be right back. All right. These are all great. I feel like, you know, the roadies pulled through. Yeah. I said it before. I, th I think it's great. Um, I think they all should be proud because I think we, we got a nice selection of, of different techniques and blending, different ideas of blending. And they all had their reasons to choose uh, the components that they did uh, for whatever reason. And maybe as we open the envelopes, we'll learn a little bit more about their thought process. Yeah. Uh, but for okay. now, Mike, who do we have as our... Winner. You've got the scores. <laughs> so our top bourbon here, and I'm not going to give the scores out, but the uh, clear-cut winner, I think, uh, was the Kings. It, it was pretty close, but maybe because you guys got a weeder in room, um, you know, I don't know. My score was really high on that. Um, I don't know. I just really, really loved it. You know, something you, you dig into and you really love. Um, there's been bourbons that Ashley's blended where I'm just like, me and you've sat in a room before, um, down at Davidson's and drank their weeder and was just like blown away and just were like, good Lord, this is good. Yeah. Or her holiday toast were just like, oh, this is this is a magical <laughs> bottle right here. When somebody asked me, if, hey, what's a bourbon outside of Kentucky or something that that uh, you can get your hands on? I tell people, I'm like, you need to try this. Well, I've never heard of that before. Well, that's because you're not opening your eyes to what's outside of the big boys. You know, go out there and venture out. And man, did we get something today that was pretty special from our roadies. Now, these are probably all big bottles, right? That Could they be. took and put together. But we're going to open those envelopes up now and we're going to find out. We're going to find out what they, what they are. Yeah. And uh, and we're also going to start thinking about who's the best name. Who's got the best name. All right. So without further ado, we're going to start cracking these envelopes open. So, Mike, I think we probably ought to take a minute here and discuss amongst us the different names. You know, I kind of thought uh, for me, there were a couple names that kind of stood out. Um, I, I I liked uh, Dust in the Blend. That was, that was my favorite. Was it? And I think that's my favorite too. Is it um, uh, clear cut? I, I, I just yeah. like it. I think it's catchy. I think it's nice, and it kind of support you know the the bourbon that's in it. It it matches up to it. Now you're hoping when we open up these envelopes that there's a dusty bourbon inside that blend, right? Could be. I'm, I, I'm looking at it on the flavor profile. I mean, if there is, that's I mean, awesome. It kind of sounds like it could be. Now, honestly, it would, with, with a little bit more background, Firehouse Reserve might be a pretty cool name if we just yeah. knew a little bit about why they chose it. But we got to make this choice before we open the envelopes. Otherwise, we'll, we might be influenced by the content. Well, I think you already said it, Dust in the Blend, uh, a pretty dang good song back in the day, Dust in the Wind, right, by Kansas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that... 
Now his his artwork on his bottle probably could use a little work. <laughs> um, maybe he had his kids draw it, but uh, Steel, a great name, um, man. Somebody might use that. Kansas might be like, I want them. Everybody's making bourbons. Dust in the blend. I mean, it's it thing, Hit Ashley up if you want to make a bourbon blend called that. She'll, she'll hook you right up. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, we, I ripped open the envelope. The first one I'm going to talk about is Bourbon Vegas. Um, and uh, so this is from our good friend Garrett over at Bourbon Vegas. You might have seen him on Instagram. Um, his deal was Buffalo Vegas. So he said four parts Buffalo Trace, one part Blanton's, one part Weller 107, and one part Stag Junior Batch 12. Well, it's all out of Buffalo Trace, isn't it? Yeah. So Buffalo Vegas, the guy in Vegas uh, mixing those up. Um, he's crossing He's crossing the mash bills, though, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit of weeder, just a tad bit of weeder in there with a bunch of rye. I don't know. I don't know how you poured that Weller... Oh, I liked it. I thought it was a good burger. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think we had a bad one out of the bunch. Uh, Garrett, thanks for uh, participating with us. We appreciate it, man. Um, you've been a winner on our past shows and stuff. He was actually the winner of our um, benchmark uh, giveaway where where we uh, said, hey, if you could name my football mascots, um, I'll send you something. So... I don't know what, what the heck's in here. Just a couple of notes. So this next up is the Fat Cat. Um, so this had, this is from Jordan Riley. Riley. Jordan's been on the show before. He's a guest on a uh, blind challenge we did. And stuff. Right. He did pretty good. He brought our bourbon of the year, though. Um, we hadn't told anybody that was going to be our bourbon of the year. We are going to announce it that night, and that's what he brought, <laughs> um, which was Maker's Mark Cast Strength. Um, it had just been released. This is 50% uh, McKenna 10-year, Henry McKenna 10-year, 25% Wilderness Trail High Rye Bourbon, and 25% Blends. Pretty interesting there. Yeah. All good bourbons in their own right. And, you know, that mixture, that blend got him into the top three. Yeah. Uh, I got to say congratulations, Jordan, for even, uh, you know, you're participating. Um, three excellent bourbons that some people probably over they, they hit pretty hard on Blattens, but that guy was, you know, they he, they knew what they were doing there. Buffalo Trace, mm -hmm. uh, Wilderness Trails obviously got some great things going on out there, some and delicious. Henry McKenna ten years speaks for itself. Yeah, Wilderness we're, Trails, it's they're coming up there. They got some delicious juice. Yeah. Next up, I got Rody Reserve. This is from. Connor Kirkpatrick out of Dallas, Texas. Um, he put in 1.5 ounces of Remus Repeal Reserve number three, um, 100 proof, Maker's Mark 46, 94 proof. And then here we go. Here's the craft distillery right here. Still Austin, the musician, 98.4 proof. That's That's pretty awesome. You put a a craft uh, distillery in there. Uh, I'd like to see that. That yeah, people went outside the box here, just didn't pull some stuff that mm -hmm. uh, you could buy everywhere. Still, Austin has got a great name. Next up is Nips. This is a man, this is a good book. Right? This thing's full. Open this thing up here. There's probably a hundred dollar bill or pick me. <laughs> <laughs> I would 
an envelope and an envelope. Envelope and an envelope. I want to make sure we didn't look at that time. Maybe there is some money. Me and Jack, Jim, we need some sponsors. Uh, we need to buy some new equipment, like some big speakers and stuff. Um, this has got a card and everything with it. This is fancy. Man. I, they must not know that I don't know how to spell Jim. They put it my ABCs on there with little yeah. animals and stuff. With, with Kinda cute. emojis. Yeah. So this is Nips. This is Nips. This was 104.1 proof, 50% uh, wilderness trail, four-year weeded. Man. 20% uh, old Fitzgerald 13-year. 20% Weller foolproof. Man. And a 10% wilderness trail weeded store pick six year, eight months. Wow. Wow. A weeder. You put all that together and you get May apples. <laughs> and this came from our good friend Adam Boothby. All right. Good you, job, Adam. He's a he's a weeder lover, so yeah, we do yeah. that. Turned out really nice. <laughs> Next up is questionable intentions. This is another fat envelope inside an envelope. I'm seeing a, something going on here. Yeah, this one had pretty high ranks on, on my sheet here. This is from Adam Boothby again. Uh oh, he's uh -oh. trying to he's trying to get a ringer here. He said, "Wishing me well on this card." Uh, questionable intentions is one hundred and one point six proof. Um, he actually put in here. Sip away higher than actual proof. 73% uh, Buffalo Trace, 15% Elijah Craig, Barrel Proof C919, and then 12% uh, Bullet Bourbon Single Barrel. Oh, cool. You used one of our hometowners there, Jim. Yeah. Only, only one craft distillery so far. I'm just hoping to see some more of those. Another envelope, the Weeders Breakfast of Champions. Envelope. Somebody reused the bill envelope here, recycler. <laughs> Sent you a bill. Could be a, a, a bill inside here. You never can tell if people are sending this. This came from our good friend Drew Allen down in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, Drew sent us a two ounce Wilderness Trail bottle and bond weeded. <clears throat> two ounce Maker's Mark 46 cast strength. You know we love that. Two ounces of Rebel Year, Rebel 100. Two ounces of Weller Special Reserve and two ounces of Makers 101. So he came out with a hundred point one two proof. Okay. Well, we only asked for three bourbons minimum, and some of them went five, 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 five deep right there. All. If you don't know Drew Allen, Drew is a Makers Mark freak. He said if there's a chance that we could, he could go with me if we ever get to do Makers Mark, he would he would drive up from Memphis just for that. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Firehouse Reserve right here. This is the one we were hoping to have a great story to it, right? Um, this came from James' husband right here in Shelbyville, Kentucky. We saw James last night yep. uh, at our Duck Duck Bourbon event. I don't remember what kind of bourbon he got last night. Did he get a couple bottles? I don't even remember, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was a, a hundred and something bottles that we uh, passed out last night. Awesome. Sounds like a fun event. <clears throat> it was. It was a great event. So this is Firehouse Reserve, Old Forester 1910, Old Forester 1920, and a Woodford Double Oat. 
Well, that explains the darkness of the liquid. Remember, that was the darkest one, yeah. right? Two of these, two of those would be a double oak bourbon then. Um, all brown foreman. Um, no, no kidding. James, hey, congratulations, man. You uh, did a great job on that blend. Um, you know, like we said, there was no real loser here. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody has did so good so far. We got Cedric's Reserve. This was the first one we tasted right here. Mm-hmm. First out of the gate. Yeah, I think it's, it's good to stress. These were all really good. It, it was a challenging to be critical, but it's a tough job. Now this, this guy right here is out of Peoria, Illinois. Um, Stephen Bishop. He, uh, he wrote a whole note here. Right? This guy gets some extra effort right here. Um, so dear Mike, please accept the enclosed bottle of a blended bourbon named Cedric Reserve. It is named along with my basement bar after my dog Cedric. Well, okay, that explains that bottle right there. Um, so he made five and a half ounce of blend. He used one and a half ounces of Eagle Rare, one and a half ounces of Very Old Barton, one and a half ounces of Woodford Reserve Double Oak and one ounce of Wild Turkey Rare Breed. And he said it should be 97.7 proof. Well, you might be spot on right there. All right. That was a good one. Yeah. All right. We'll go open up our uh, dust in the blend, our main winner right here. So dust in the blend is gets uh, gets the prizes shipped out to them. We'll talk a little bit about that in a few yeah. minutes. It's a double envelope. I don't know if this has got something inside there. Look, he, he put it on somebody else's tasting note, so I don't know. This came from uh, Todd Ritter, um, our friend over in Frankfurt. He's good friends with Whiskey whiskey Lower here Okay, uh, on his little tasting note sheet. Uh, so Dustin the Bland, uh, he actually wrote a little bit of the song here. I don't know if I'm going to sing it or not. I closed my eyes only for a moment, and that moment's gone. All my dreams passed through my lips. Curiosity, dust in the blend. All I know is dust in the blend. Well, Todd, man, you're quite the poet. <laughs> <laughs> or Kansas was. So dust in the blend. Right off the bat right there. One third, 1983 Elijah Craig 12-year bourbon, 94 proof. One third, new riff single barrel bourbon, 104.7 proof. And look at this joker right here. He put one-third Maker's Mark 46 cast strength in there at 110.3 proof, which brought the blend proof down to 103. Perfect. I got to say, uh, he did use a little bit of dust in the blend. He used a uh, up and rising new riff is coming up in the ranks, oh, right? Um, yeah. Nice, beautiful distillery right up on the banks of the Ohio up there. And then, uh, then our bourbon of the year last year for 2020, was that Maker's Mark cast strength that we really enjoyed. Uh, when we tell somebody about it, we try to say, hey, check that out. Todd, man, congratulations uh, right at the end of this. After I open this last envelope, Jim is going to tell you what you won. And without further ado, this is the Kings. Now, we think that this had more to a name to it, too, because they crossed it off on there. But we're not sure. And look who won, Jim. Adam Boothby. Oh. Adam Boothby put three 
Now, we didn't say how many you could send. And we didn't know until we opened these envelopes, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vivian, she packed them all away for me. I didn't have to see anything. I didn't want to see it. I just kept stacking boxes in the, in the room in there that McCoo they were from. I just put them in there. I knew they were samples because, you know, I know that a bottle, a full bottle of bourbon weighs about 3.7 pounds. Um, you get enough FedEx deliveries, you'll know that. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm very aware of those at my <laughs> <laughs> And this one's on a birthday card. Adam, I don't know if you're recycling it here or what, but uh, the Kings, and this I think was the highest proof for us. Okay. Uh, 104.1 proof, uh, even blend of 13 weeders. Holy moly. He's got an old Fitzgerald 13, an old Fitzgerald 8-year, a Weller 107, a Maker's Cask, a Maker's Fay 01, a Weller 12, a old 55 bottled in bond, Rebel 100. Ashley, you stopped right. <laughs> I just put uh, 13 liters on there. <laughs> I think this is a Wilderness Trail four year, um, a WTD. I guess that's a Wilderness Trail. It was a dirty pick, a Wilderness Trail six year. And WTD 100 f- firm. I'm not positive which of that one is, Adam. I'm not sure. Um, but 13 different weeders. Uh, no surprise for me. That was my favorite. You guys, it was a, a pretty close toss up. Yeah, it was good whiskey. Mm-hmm. No yeah. doubt. So. Well, Adam, congratulations on your win. Uh, you definitely uh, put in the time and the effort to get there. I submitted three different blends to the challenge. Uh, so for your for your prize, you get uh, a custom bourbon road engraved barrel head, and Mike will be telling people a little bit more about that in the, in the future. You're also going to get a bourbon bullshitter T-shirt. I think you already own one, but you're going to get another. <laughs> going to get a bourbon road uh, T-shirt, a bourbon road Glen Cairn, a bourbon road hat, all of which I think you have. But you know what? You're going to get doubles, and uh, along with samples of both my blend. Uh, Old Hoot and Mike's Infinity Bottle. Yeah, which is like 50 different weeded bourbons. <laughs> it beats 13, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then uh, Todd Ritter, right? Todd Ritter came up with the best name. Uh, Dustin the Blend, and he's going to get a Bourbon Road Glencairn, a Bourbon Road hat, along with samples of both of our blends. So And, and Adam and Todd, it was closer than you know. Uh, the scores were really tight and stuff, but everybody that submitted stuff, uh, I can't wait for 2022. We'll do this again. Ashley, we'll have you on again if you would. Can on. I uh, throw in something for the winners? Yeah. I'd like to throw in a bottle of Davidson Reserve Weeded Bourbon. Awesome. Yeah, I'm sure uh, they would. Bonus. Bonus. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely a bonus. I'll tell you, me and Jim really thought a lot about the Davidson Reserve Weeder down there when we were there. We knew you had your magic <laughs> figures on that and stuff and uh so hey what a bonus right there for for our two guys um that won that it pays to be a roadie it pays to participate um it pays to be friends of the bourbon road absolutely congratulations to all the winners actually we'd like to give you a chance we thank you very much for coming out today and, and helping us with this i think mike and i both learned a little something today probably quite a bit actually yeah. Uh, but we'd like to thank you and give you an opportunity to let everybody know where they can find you on 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 the internet, on the web, or on social media, in case somebody wants to reach out to you and and ask you about uh, 
about your company, what you have going on. Sure. Yeah. So I have to look, this is how horrible I am with social media. I have to look on Instagram what my thing is. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Ashley Barnes TSG. And then I'm on Facebook. It's just Ashley Barnes. Our website's www.thespiritsgroup.com. And reach out to us anytime. Follow us. There's always something going on. Um, we got lots of stuff and you know, I just want to say I'm really impressed with what the bourbon roadies come out here. There's so many aspects of blending that, you know, we we haven't even gotten to talk about, um, about proofing, how long you need to let the blend sit after you proof and allow them to mellow. You know, once you put blends together, the, those organics have to be able to do their thing. And if you do it all at one time, you know, you're, you're throwing everything in at once and it doesn't always end up well. But if you isolate those out, let, you know, maybe... All the, all the barrels or all the stuff that tastes the same, let it mellow and do its thing. And then the others, then they got a little more fighting chance. You get a little more well-rounded bourbon. And, and these roadies really knocked it out of the park. I, I appreciate Thanks for asking me to be on here and be a part of this and uh, being patient with, <laughs> with my sickliness. And, uh, yeah, this has been great. Well, Ashley, we can't thank you enough. And uh, since you came on, we wanted to make sure you rocked a bourbon bullshitter T-shirt. We wanted to make sure that your husband rocked one of those shirts because he's a bourbon drinker, too. And we made sure that just in case you had to go somewhere that you didn't want to rock that, you got a bourbon road shirt. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. I can always rock those shirts. <laughs> All right, Mike, where can people find us? Well, you can find us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, at The Bourbon Road. Um, we're in all those spaces. We also have a private Facebook group called the Bourbon Roadies. You talked about it this whole episode. Uh, to join, all you got to do is be 21. You got to like bourbon. Hell, everybody likes bourbon, right? Um, and you got to be able to play nice with others because we don't tolerate any rudeness, right, Jim? That's right. And it's a requirement to be in the 2022 Blending Challenge. Yeah, we just got to uh, be a roadie. You got to be a roadie. Um, so join that group. We we don't do any politics in there. We don't do any religion. We don't do social issues. Um, kind of that your grandfather's rule or grandmother's rule at the bar. Don't talk about those things. Uh, so we stick to the whiskey. We got great people in there like master blenders like Ashley Barnes in there. Uh, Monica Wolf's in there, her partner. Um, we have master distillers in there, distillery owners. Old bourbon drinkers and new bourbon drinkers alike. It's a whole lot of really good people. Yeah, come in there and celebrate life with us. We enjoy having you and stuff. We do two episodes a week, Jim. What are those? So we do a short episode every Monday. We call it our Craft Distillery Monday. It's a short thing, about 15 or 20 minutes long, where Mike and I will dive into a single expression. Uh, usually a craft distillery, but not always. Sometimes it's a big boy. I would say most of the time we spend our time in craft space, right? Yeah. Uh, we'd love to have you listen to that show. Every Wednesday, we do a longer, longer episode like today's. Not quite as long as today's, I think, but uh, we usually spend about an hour and we'll do a deep dive on a subject, whether we have a guest on, a distillery, a series of expressions we're exploring. Sometimes it's just Mike and I chit-chatting about the bourbon industry in general. Uh, sometimes there's even some history on there, right? Most certainly. So um, we'd love to have you listen to both shows every week. We'd also like to hear from you. We want to know what you like we want to know what you don't like and one way to do that is to give us a review right mike yeah so the first thing you want to do is go on up so you can hear us hit that check mark on your app hit that plus sign hit that subscribe uh, that way you know we got an episode coming out the next thing you want to do 
is you want to scroll on down. You want to hit that five-star review. Because you know what happens if you don't? The big, bad, booty daddy old bourbon will come over to your house. I'll bring our two blends, Old Hoot and Big Chief's blend with us. We're going to drink that for that night. By the end of that night, you can leave us a five-star review because you know what I say, I guarantee. Um, so make sure you give us that five-star review. If you want to come out and see me and Jim in public, we actually got a couple events coming up. On the 21st of October, we will be at the Rippy House in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. You can go to their website. You can buy tickets for that event. Come see us. It's like 7 to 9. I think there's some hors d'oeuvres. There'll be some bourbon being drank. Uh, you can hear me and Jim talk about the Bourbon Road podcast, about the bourbon culture, about great folks like Ashley Barnes. Um, then we're going to be at Bourbon on the Banks on October 23rd. You can come by the Bourbon Road Lounge, sponsored by... Woodenville Whiskey Company from Washington State. Come by there. We got some bourbon chairs to set in for you. Some rockers for those folks like me that need a more comfortable chair. We got some high top. We got some tables and stuff. We got a big old rug in there. Well, bourbon will be flowing. Yeah, we'll have plenty of bourbon. We might even have some of our own personal bottles there um, so you can sip on those and stuff. Come by, be part of an episode. We'll get an episode out that week. Um, recorded there. Come check us out. Come visit us. If you want to check us out and have us at a tasting or one of your events, reach out to us. Um, we're, we want to make that event a success for you. Come out. Have us out at your house. Have us out at your bar. Have us out wherever. We'll come and help you out. You can always reach out to us. Uh, you can reach us by email. I'm Jim at TheBourbonRoad.com. He's Mike at TheBourbonRoad.com. Probably the best way is to hit our DM on Instagram. I'm Jay Shannon 63 I'm One Big Chief. And we'll see you down the bourbon road.